of course, Perfect. we got to start with the backgrounds. So let's start with Ashley. Tell me about Lunia and how you even decided to start such a sleepwear company. Sure. I started Lunia roughly six years ago based on personal experience. I mean, she mentioned it earlier. I, it was both a physical need. I find myself not sleeping very well. And also just the fact that I felt like I was really frumpy around the house all the time. And so I'm more of a business person by background. So I thought, you know, if I feel this way, maybe other people feel this way. And, and maybe we could make something that you feel confident and comfortable in and then something that actually helps you sleep. And so that really was the, the foundation for what is today Lunia. Awesome. And then not everybody specializes in sleeping disorders. So right. how did you get your start in that? What motivated you to pursue sleep? Sure. So first of all, how amazing is this space? And thank you, Ivy. <laughs> for having me here today. I certainly appreciate Lunia and I certainly appreciate Ivy, so thank you guys very much. Um, so I am, I'm a clinical psychologist by trade and during my residency, I was asked to do a uh, rotation in the sleep lab and I thought, well, this sounds kind of cool. I mean, I sleep, right? How tough could it be, right? And then literally by the third day, I absolutely fell in love with clinical sleep medicine, and I learned that we can help people very, very quickly, uh, much more quickly than we could traditionally in clinical psychology when we talk about depression, anxiety, things like that. But sleep is a really big part of actually both of those situations. And, and the thing that my wife always tells me all the time is she's like, you know, you never would have been so interesting if you were a cardiologist, Michael. And I say, <laughs> well, you know, she's like, because you know, when we come to the cocktail party, she says, you can't say what you do. Because the second I do, she rolls her eyes and walks to the bar and then I'm answering questions about sleep. But I gotta tell you something, I love answering questions about sleep. I'm super excited about Lunia. I've learned a lot about this product line. There's a lot of really interesting things that you guys should take home and learn about it. Yeah, well actually, like the innovative technology that's integrated into the fabric. Absolutely. So Ashley, tell us about that. Yeah, so when I started, you know, it really kind of started from this want, this, this comfortable, confident, this kind of a place. And then I thought, wouldn't it be amazing if down the road I could solve sleep problems with, with sleepwear? But that was, you know, early day that was aspirational. And so really as of this year, we got to step into functional fabrics. Mm -hmm. And so we've got Restore, which is a fabric line that contains Cilient, which is basically it's the infrared energy that your body gives off. It's redirected back on your body, which increases blood flow. So that's very exciting because there's all sorts of interesting ramifications of that, and they all basically help restore you, so it's aptly named. And then most recently, we launched Cool, because there's no problem that I hear about, and I don't know right. if this is true for you, oh, but yeah, for temperature sure. is like the thing that, I mean, I get these letters from people like, please help me. So we were really excited to be able to launch Cool. Um, and that is a, it's both addressing the need to be cooler as well as addressing the sweat or odor that might happen if you're somebody who is tending to sleep warm. And then we have our, our silk fabric, which that doesn't maybe sound super technical. It actually, the natural fibers of silk are thermoregulating. So mm -hmm. they tend to help you stay cool when your body's warm and vice versa. And I think that it's just an incredibly luxurious fabric to wear. And the way we made it very special was by making it washable, which is something that I think Kind of, no one really wants to dry clean their sleepwear. No. So yeah, so technology is something that we've been really excited to live into this year. 
Awesome. So the first thing we do when we want to go to bed is we put on our pajamas. So hopefully we're putting on Lunia. There you then go. Then secondly, we do all these other things that distract us and take away from a good night's sleep. So I'd like to ask Dr. Bruce. Sure. What are some of those pre-bedtime routines that people mm -hmm. should consider to help them through the night? When I talk to people about what you should do at night before you go to bed, you're probably expecting me to say, Go to bed at like 9.30, 10 o'clock in a pitch dark room that's ice cold, right, with no sound, right? Is that kind of what you're, you're expecting me to say? So I'm not going to say any of those things. So first of all, I'm gonna tell you what it's like in my bedroom at night. So I have a king size bed and I'm here. My French bulldog is right next to me. <laughs> then is my chihuahua next to him. Then is my wife and the cat is over by her. Okay, on occasion a child wanders in in the middle of the night and could be across the bed this way, unbeknownst to us. Fortunately, that doesn't happen much anymore because now I have a 14-year-old and a 16-year-old. If that happens now, we have much bigger problems on our hands than we did when they were four and six. But the truth of the matter is, is that sleep is individual. Okay, I don't want anybody in here to think that they're sleeping the wrong way or that they failed at sleep because it's simply not true. Okay, so what happens, what's the other thing that goes on in my house? There's a big screen TV that's on almost all night. I loved I'm hearing the, this. I'm the sleep doctor for God's sakes, okay, <laughs> right? And my wife told me when we were dating, she said, Michael, I just gotta let you know, I fall asleep with the television on and usually it's on most of the night. I said, oh, don't worry about that, hon. I'm, I'm gonna be a sleep doctor, I'm gonna fix that for you, okay? How many people have ever, by raise of hands, tried to fix something in their bed partner? Just raise your hands. I'm not saying if you were successful, I'm saying, have you ever tried, okay? I have tried, it was a monumental failure, and, but here's what I learned, which I thought was really fascinating, is she doesn't actually watch TV to fall asleep, she listens, and she, and she calls it out of the corner of her ear. Right? And so when the television is on, by the way, 95% of televisions have a TV timer in them, in the software. And so you can actually turn it to an hour, 45 minutes, an hour, hour and a half, whatever you want to do. But the truth of the matter is, is there's nothing wrong with falling asleep with the television on. Do you hear? Let me repeat myself. There's nothing wrong with falling asleep with the television on unless it's disrupting your bed partner. Right, which is a, a whole separate issue. We can talk about that. You know, marital counseling is available after the show, I promise. <laughs> But you need to think about what it is you're doing to go to sleep. Because remember, sleep is not an on-off switch. It's more like slowly pulling your foot off the gas, right, and slowly putting your foot on the brake. Think about your environment. What's going on in your brain when you're getting to bed? And one of my favorite things is what I call the power down hour. So let's say, for argument's sake, that you want to go to bed at midnight. So starting at around 11, you chop that hour up into three 20-minute segments. So 20 minutes for things you just got to do. All right, so in my house, it's getting the kids' backpacks together, finding shoes probably is in your house, yeah, right? Right, you got, the, you got the little ones, yep. right? And so whatever it is that has to happen, 20 minutes for hygiene, so wash your face, brush your teeth, get into your... Lunia pajamas. Thank you. And then 20 minutes of some form of meditation, relaxation, prayer, whatever it happens to be for you to slowly get you there. Right? And you know exactly what I'm talking about. You're looking for that calmer time for right before bed. You, you just can't just, boom, fall asleep. That's called passing out. That's when you have far too many of the lucid dream things that I had, which, by the way, were really good. 
They had flowers. I know, they had flowers, they had lavender, all that stuff. So create your own bedtime routine, but if you can, break it up into a couple of three different segments and sort of see how it goes for you. And, and you'll, you might be surprised at how well it works. So, okay, we talked about meditation earlier. We did. It's one of those things that I know it should be doing. It feels daunting for me, the idea <laughs> right. of sitting and trying to be quiet and, and stop checking my phone, all this. It almost seems counterintuitive, right? It Literally, yes. It stresses me out to meditate. Right. But I liked your tip, and I think it'd be a good one to share. Oh, okay. Yeah, you I'd love if you could. Yeah, the, the breathing exercise, the whole thing. Okay, so a couple of things that you guys can think about. So if you want to chill out before bed and you want to have that kind of 20 minutes of like quiet time, a breathing technique that I use personally and I've used it with all of my patients is called the four, six, seven method. So you breathe in for a count of four, you hold it for a count of six, and you breathe out for a count of seven. What it does is it actually pulls all the carbon dioxide out of your, out of your lungs because you're actually breathing pushing out longer than when you're breathing in. Then it causes you to really breathe in deeply and get that full oxygenation, which can be helpful. Um, and then holding it actually slows your heart rate down. One of the things that most people don't realize, in order to enter into a state of unconsciousness, your heart rate has to be at 60 or below. 60 or below. So the way to do that is with this breathing technique. It actually works really, really well. I'm also gonna give you a second little tip. I'm gonna give one more tip. Is that I okay? love it. One more tip that you guys, so this is one that kind of helps with monkey mind. You guys know what monkey mind is? All right, by a raise of hands, how many people in here have ever had a hard time falling asleep because they can't turn off their brain? Literally everybody in the room, right? That's called monkey mind, by the way, folks. So a couple of different things that you can do. One of the first things I tell people to do, I didn't tell you about this one, this is a super easy one. Okay. Count backwards from 300 by threes. All right, we're gonna try it. We're gonna do this as a group. You ready? Yeah, you guys ready? Hold on while I turn off my volume. Yes, you ready? Yeah. All right, you re everybody ready? So we're gonna start at 300, you ready? So 300, 297, 294, 291. Here's a tough one. 288. Uh, uh, yeah, we got a couple of people who messed that one up. All right, so here's why it's effective. It's mathematically so complicated, you can't think of anything else, and it's so damn boring, you're out like a light. Works like a charm, I'm telling you. Take the power down hour with the, with the threes, deep breathing, you're good to go. Pretty good. Love it, love it. That's a, that's a really good one. Yeah. And to help you with the meditation, I just thought maybe doing a chakra collection line. So you oh, have a different color go. for Absolutely. that. <laughs> Absolutely. Maybe don't use that one. Yeah. Mark and test it first. Well, and then one of the other, you know, I got to come to one of your other events. Uh, gosh, that was like a year and a half ago. And was that Ivy, by the way? It was another Ivy event. It was amazing. And yep. that was where I first got to meet you. You had a couple, um, you know, so if you're, if you're still struggling with sleep, you had a couple yep. secrets that you shared that I really loved. So you want me to tell I would love, the, sorry, yeah. The I'm recipe. just prom prompting you for okay. all the ones that were my favorite. She's like my favorite person right now because she just <laughs> tells me what to say and then I get to do it all out. So, how many people in here, again, well, if you don't want to raise your hand, you don't have to, but anybody in here ever have difficulty falling asleep at night? Okay, so, so I'm going to give you a non-pharmaceutical way to help with your sleep. I'll talk about cannabis in a minute. I know every, that's where everybody went, right? Right there. Let's talk about bananas. So it turns out that banana, right? Who is this guy and why is he talking about bananas? So it turns out the bananas are loaded with magnesium. Almost every single person in the room actually is magnesium deficient. It turns out that unless you eat a bushel of kale a day, 
you are going to be magnesium deficient. And even if you did, the soil has been so turned over so many times that the mineral content in the soil is actually not so great anymore. So even if you did eat a bushel of kale, you probably wouldn't get the magnesium that you need. Turns out that bananas are loaded with magnesium, but here's the secret. The peel of the banana has three times the amount of magnesium as the fruit. You're looking at me, you know what you I'm gonna say next, right? You gotta eat the peel? No, you're not gonna eat that peel, are you, right? I'm not gonna ask you to, here's what I'm gonna tell you. So here's where it gets really interesting. Go out and buy an organic banana. Wash it off to get the dirt off, cut the tip and the stem off, cut it in half, leave the peel on and the fruit in it, okay? Put it into three cups of boiling water and boil it for about three minutes until it turns brown. Then drink the water, it's called banana tea, First of all, you gotta like bananas because it's very banana-y, as my daughter would call it. Um, if you want to really make it even better, add one teaspoon, teaspoon, not tablespoon, of raw honey to this. It's fantastic at night. It's loaded with magnesium. By the way, the raw honey is important because it actually helps keep your blood sugar stable all night long. I found that roughly 35% of my patients that wake up in the, in the middle of the night are waking up because their blood sugar has dropped so low. So having a teaspoon of raw honey, even if you don't have the banana tea, turns out to be a fantastic way to help you sleep through the night. I've, I've been completely blown away by this because I've tried it in a lot of my patients. Literally 35% of my insomnia patients are not having this problem any longer just because of this honey. But try this banana tea with a little bit of raw honey. You might be really surprised. It's a supernatural way of doing things. And if any, anybody out there has children, you can use this with kids, which works out really well. What an amazing pocket tip. I'm trying that tonight. Absolutely. That's amazing, wow. Well, I like that you brought up cannabis because yeah. I was gonna... <laughs> There's always stoner. one stoner in the crowd. I am a stoner. <laughs> no, um, but, I, but I am so happy that it's becoming a commonplace remedy for insomnia. Yes. Um, and actually, Lunia did an amazing campaign with Dosis, so I'd love to know about that integration. Yeah, look, I'm an advocate. I, can, I have two kids, and I run a company, so I don't sleep that well. And um, what I always find is it's the... Um, it's the anxiety that keeps me up. So it's not like I need something prescription to knock me out. I need something to help me right. with the stress. So I have found you know, cannabis to be incredibly effective, and that's why I was excited to support Dosis um, with our event here. But I also liked when we were chatting a bit about how to choose, and I'd love your thoughts on this too, but how to choose what kind of cannabis we should be having. Absolutely. So look, here's the great news. We're in California. It's legal, right? And so we now have Woo. a whole option. I got, I liked, at least one person was pretty excited about it being legal. <laughs> there we go, that's my guy right there, right? So here's the deal, when you, when you think about cannabis and you think about sleep, first of all, remember, for anybody out there who's a, who's a cannabis user, right, there's two very distinct lines. There's sativa and there's indiga. You clearly want to be more on the indiga side because it's more relaxing, right, number one. You're also looking for a very particular THC to CBD ratio, roughly eight, between six and eight to one is what kind of what you're looking for. So when you go into a dispensary and you're talking to somebody there and you're looking for something specific for sleep, I'm not talking about if you're doing other things, but specific for sleep, First of all, there are these little pens. Used to be by a company called Humboldt. I can't remember what the company. No, Dosis. Dosis. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. So it's Dosis, and they've actually done an incredible job of creating a metered dose, meaning I can actually tell you exactly how much is going in. I can tell you the exact CBD content, and I can tell you the THC content, 
and this stuff works, right? And so if that's an issue for you and you're comfortable with cannabis, that's not a bad route to take, right? Because number one, remember, pharmaceutical sleep and naturally induced sleep are two different animals. It does, I don't care who you talk to, I don't care who the sleep doctor is, they're very, very different. So we, we really need to embrace this idea, and to be honest with you, we're very fortunate to be in California where it's recreationally legal, so that way all of you can give it a, a try to see if that works for something for you. But I've, I've actually had great success with it, especially with my patients who've got PTSD. So I work with a lot of military and a lot of trauma victims, and a lot of them do very, very well on an indigo-based with more CBD than THC product in the evenings. I'm so happy that you brought up the CBD because the hemp-derived CBD is equally as powerful Absolutely. for anybody that gets drug tested, but I actually wanted you to go into some of the other remedies that may not be cannabis that also are equally good for sleep. Sure. So magnesium is, is one of my favorites. That's where the banana tea comes from. Um, that, that's certainly a big one. Believe it or not, vitamin D turns out to be critical for your overall sleep cycle. And by the way, most of us, unfortunately, are deficient in vitamin D. How many people in here take supplements? Okay, so I'm a supplement taker as well. So if you're not taking D3 at about three to 5,000 IUs, you should be. I, I can promise you it really will help regulate your sleep cycle quite nicely. So what I'm, one of the things I'm doing personally is I take magnesium at night. You can do it through banana tea. You can do it through a whole host of different things vitamin D in the morning, and also make sure you're getting into your omegas, right? So your omega-3s. So fatty fish like tuna, salmon, but if you can't get that, the fish oil or even the, um, like, I, I can't remember what it's called, like big red is one that's like, you don't smell fish or whatever. Whatever you can do to get omegas, vitamin D, and magnesium into your system and up to appropriate levels, you might be very surprised how your body reacts in terms of better sleep. So that's always one of my first things that I'm talking about with people is let's check and make sure you don't have any deficiencies. And if you do, let's fulfill those first before we start walking down the path of prescription sleep aids like Ambien, Sonata, Lunesta, things like that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, I, you know, this is kind of jumping around a little bit, but you're sure. getting into a supplements. And I think about diet. I know you've covered diet as it relates to sleep, right. but you know, I, it's funny because I always describe sleep to people. I say, oh, I, I view it as a sleep or as a wellness pyramid with sleep being at the bottom because we all know that if you don't sleep well, the chances that you're going to work out and eat well just <laughs> not very good. Um, and so, but I, I think it'd be interesting to look at food both ways. You know, you're mm -hmm. looking at food both as something that maybe goes downhill when you don't sleep, but what could we also be eating or thinking about how diet affects how we do sleep? Absolutely. So when we look at food in general, should we be trying to have more sleep-friendly dinner, right? Not breakfast, not lunch, but dinner. Should we be trying to have more sleep-friendly dinner? Actually, yeah, we probably should. So what are we looking for here? The same things that I just told you that you would be supplementing with, you can supplement with, with food, right? That's the best supplement, by the way, that there is, right? Is food, is good food, real food, raw food. All of this is gonna be much better. For, so what I'm, what I'm talking about are things like having salmon for dinner with broccoli. By the way, did you know that broccoli helps eliminate caffeine from your system twice as fast? So if you took that coffee at six o'clock in the afternoon, you're kind of thinking, oh gosh, I'm probably not gonna sleep too well tonight. Order steamed broccoli. I promise you, it pulls caffeine right out of your system very, very quickly. Caffeine um, antidote. By the way, and I'm not a big carb guy, but carbohydrates help with sleep. The data is incredibly consistent. 
So having carbs at night turn out to actually be very helpful for sleep. So if you're keto, if you're paleo, if you're doing that whole thing, and trust me, I get it, I've been there, you still, your body still needs some carbohydrates. So looking for appropriate carbohydrates in the in night can actually be quite helpful. So good carbohydrates can be very, very helpful. Things like fruit, things like oatmeal, things like um, non-sugar cereal. Um, you'd, you'd actually be kind of surprised at what can be helpful. And here's a crazy one, is tart cherries. So it turns out that tart cherries have more melatonin than anything else there is that's grown I'm out sneaking there. that in my kids' food. Right. Yeah. So one of the things that we, you could do is you could create your own little tart cherry smoothie, right? With take the banana tea water, take the banana out of the peel that's now brown and kind of mushy, looks like it should be in banana bread, throw it in there with a couple of tart cherries, a couple of cubes of ice, you're done, okay? <laughs> it's awesome. And, it's, and it tastes really good, right? It's like it's fruitful and it's got sugar in it. It's, it's fun. That is such a great fun fact. So <laughs> Dr. Bruce actually has to catch a flight at 8.30 tonight, so he's got to leave, but we want to leave room for some questions. So we've got three questions that we can ask right up here. Hi, I heard recently an OBGYN was talking about how when women are waking up through, throughout the night, yes. and it's not, let's say it's not a result of like the stress and anxiety example, so it's not that. Got it. She said that she felt that that is low progesterone levels that are not mm -hmm. able to quell cortisol spikes. Right. And I'd never heard that. You know, I've heard about the melatonin cortisol mm -hmm. inverse relationship, but I'd never heard of this progesterone cortisol interplay. So like, sure. can you share thoughts on that? Sure. So just to give everybody kind of some context, so we're, we're clearly talking about a female specific issue, which is fine. So one of the things to realize is, and by the way, I treat women all the time. Many of my women, I actually give them different bedtimes depending upon where they are in their menstrual cycle. And so sometimes I'm having them go to bed earlier, sometimes I'm having them go to bed later based on specifically where they are in their cycle because of progesterone levels in particular. So we actually know that there is a very uh, significant interplay between cortisol and progesterone. Unfortunately, it's different for different kinds of women. And so sometimes we make assumptions that we think, oh, this, everybody's gotta be this way. Guess what, everybody's not that way. So a lot of times what I do is I'll work with somebody where I'll have them keep a sleep diary for a week prior to their menstrual cycle, during their menstrual cycle, and then after their menstrual cycle, and then I can make specific recommendations about that. So if you want, oh, and by the way, if anybody ever wants to get in touch with me, I'm super easy to find on the internet. It's thesleepdoctor.com. You're never gonna forget that one. Um, shoot me an email, make sure that you've got this, this company's name in the subject line so I know where I met you, and I'm happy to answer your questions. But let's talk maybe, um, I can't talk right afterwards, but let's make sure that we get in touch and I'll, I'll be able to answer your question a little bit more specifically then, okay? Right in the back, you're gonna have to speak real loud because we're gonna stop passing mics around. Yep, so you're, you're almost, you almost answered your own question, which is great. So, no, 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 so that's exactly the right, dude, that, where, you're right there where you should be. So I use blue blocker glasses all the time. They sound really ridiculous, and you think that they're gonna look really ridiculous. So let me just kind of tell you what goes on in my house at night. So my son and my daughter, my 16-year-old son, 14-year-old daughter. So remember when you were 16 and you were 14? What did you want to do? You wanted to stay up until 2 o'clock in the morning? You wanted to sleep until 2 o'clock the next day? 
That doesn't work so well when school starts. So I actually have them wear blue blocker glasses. They actually are much more fashionable now than they used to be. And what's great about them is the lenses will actually block out the blue spectrum of light. So every light that you see is a broad spectrum. 450 to 480 nanometers is actually called blue light. It doesn't look blue, but it's called blue. And that actually hits a very particular cell in your eye that turns off the melatonin faucet in your head. 60 minutes before bed, the last thing you need is the melatonin faucet turning off, right? You want it to turn on, which is why blue blockers, which is you've already identified, by the way, very astutely, I might add, that that's exactly what you want to be doing. So I actually, I have, there's certain blue blockers that I recommend. Some are better than others. I, if you go to my website, I can get you guys discounts on blue blocker glasses and all that kind of good stuff. But yes, blue light definitely has an effect on your ability to fall asleep. Um, but it's not just the light from the device itself, it's also the engagement, right? So if you're watching Game of Thrones, <laughs> right, on your iPad and it's 10.30 at night, dude, there's no way you're falling asleep after that, right? <laughs> or if you're trying to get your high score on Candy Crush or whatever it is that you do before bed, right? You want to disengage more before bed. You don't, like, that's not, like, I get it. That's how you kind of zone out and you don't think about things for a while. But the truth of the matter is, is what you really want to do is try to disengage. So what we do, and like I said, TV's on in my house most of the night. It's an old episode of Seinfeld or, you know, something like that. Again, Planet Earth, really good for oh, that. That's her favorite. I love it. That is her favorite, by the way, she was telling me earlier. So find something that's just interesting enough to keep your mind, but boring enough to let you fall asleep. Wear the blue blockers if you're going to watch it. And if, you don't, if you're not going to watch it, but you're just going to listen, take the blue blockers off. And by the way, there are these things called pillow speakers. What? Right. No, everybody's like, what is this dude talking about? So pillow speakers are really cool because you can actually Bluetooth to your television and, only, and there's a speaker in your pillow and you can listen to it while your bed partner doesn't. It's fantastic. So we use them at my house awesome. all the time. Awesome. Um, all right. So let's take uh, all the way in the back on that Gentleman side. in the yellow shirt. Sure. So when you look at, so I'm going to take the first part, you take the second no part. Problem. So um, when you look at position for sleep, um, position actually turns out to be pretty important. Roughly 75% of people. Uh, believe it or not, sleep on their side. Right side, left side, doesn't really matter. That other 25%, about 8 to 10% are stomach sleepers. I'm a stomach sleeper. I hate to admit it. And by the way, it's the worst position you can sleep in. Have you noticed the theme that's going on in my house? Like, I'm the frickin' sleep doctor, and I sleep on my stomach. I have a French bulldog, chihuahua, cat, television. On, like, it's crazy at my house, right? But that's the reality the of the situation. So when you look at it, believe it or not, the best position you can be is on your back. And the reason is, is because the surface area of your body spreads across the skeletal frame and you don't cause pressure. When you're on your side, all the pressure leans to one side or leans to the other. It turns out that the best, if you had to pick a side to sleep on, it would be preferable for you to sleep on your left than on your right. And the reason is, is because on your right is when all the oxygenated blood comes back and then gets distributed. And so you, want, you don't want any limitations on the oxygen that's going to your muscles. So sleeping on the left side is a little bit better. But if all you do is sleep on your left side, you wake up with that like dead arm 
you know, scenario. Like my wife fell asleep with, on her left arm the other day and her alarm went off and I watched her and she was like trying to move her arm. It was so freaking funny. I just sat there. I was like, go on, I think you can get it. Come on, Lauren, go on, go, go for it, go for it. And, and she was like, you're such an ass, right? But you know, at the end of the day, that's what happens is your whole body will actually become not paralyzed, but sort of that fall asleep feeling because of the lack of circulation. Um, stomach sleeping is absolutely positively the worst position to be sleeping in. Um, and here's why, is because if this is my mattress and here's my pillow, right? Number one, I have to jack my head almost 180 degrees one side, so I've got neck pain. And when that neck pain is occurring, it keeps you out of the deeper stages of sleep. Then if I have a pillow that's any, got a, any sort of loft to it, guess what? It pulls my head up and it makes a splay across my back and that can be difficult for my back. So, Michael, how do you sleep on your stomach? So what I actually do, it's crazy. It's like MacGyver at my house. So I have a pillow that goes from here to here that I lay on top of. <laughs> and then I have a thinner pillow. It's crazy at my house. And then I have a thinner pillow that I can, so my head doesn't have to go all the way to the side. It goes here. I'm, I'm uh, raised a little bit. And my chihuahua buries right in, right here. And he's a little, like, heat seeker. And uh, it works out just fine. Amazing. I actually, I've second that with lots of pillows. I have like a whole design that I have. Actually, I use four pillows See? and I create like a, a little T that I put my head in on both sides and Perfect. I hold one and one goes in between my knee and yeah. So I feel you on the weird pillow we arranging. Gotta do like a, we got to do like a posting on this or it's like a Facebook live or something crazy yeah, like that. All the awesome. weird positions that people sleep in. Yeah. We could do a good photo series oh, on it actually. Oh, there you That'd go. Be great. That'd be perfect. Um, but yeah, as you, uh, you know, as you mentioned with uh, how do I think about addressing that and all the different ways people sleep, I'll say when I started Lunia, it really came to this idea of, oh, I'm going to make the perfect sleepwear. But then I had to realize, and I realized very quickly, that everybody sleeps different. There's really yep. no perfect set of sleepwear. And, and so that's why we have multiple collections. But you know, we talked earlier about fabric, and that's one way, but style um, is really important. I think you take for granted that um, when you work out, you would expect certain things out of your workout clothes. You know, if you're a woman, you're expecting maybe some support, some straps that don't twist. If you're thinking about shorts that don't ride up, things that would be wicking, you know, so it, it feels like obvious that you would expect that. But frankly, your sleep, in my mind, and I'm a little biased, but is more important, you know. Um, like I said, back to this, it's a foundation of wellness. So when we think about design, we're testing it in the sleep environment. We're making sure, I mean, I'm, I sleep like super funky with one leg up really high. Well, can, can my shorts handle that? You know, I have to like test it. So the only way to know is literally we take it home and we t sleep test it. Um, and so we do all sorts of things, you know, the cutouts of the arm, making sure that, you know, cause that tends to be an area that sweat might pool. So making sure it's low enough that you're getting breathability around the areas that you might tend to retain heat, but then not so low that you know, things are getting exposed, making straps that don't twist, um, you know, wider straps, things that are T-backs. Um, and then, you know, for even beyond the bedroom, what we realized, and, and this is like I say, you know, it's been very much of a learning, um, a learning process, but that really we're actually solving very much for sleep, but that a, a woman is actually opting into Lunia from the moment she gets home from work. So we had to think about also things that really play well around the house. Like I find myself carrying my cell phone around like it's my you know third arm. And really it, it's like 
Gosh, I find, you know, you'll, you'll always grab the pair of sweats that had the great pocket that fits your iPhone 7 Plus or whatever. So, you know, just literally designing with practical use in, in, in mind. And so that, for us, it does, at this point, it's in bed and even around the house. So 